0: The Holy Gospel according to John, the 14th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus answered Judas, not Iscariot, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. Do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to to you, O Christ. You may be seated how many of you remember learning to ride a bike show of hands who remembers that story a lot of us remember that story right turn to your neighbor and share your story of learning to ride a bike and if you didn't learn to ride a bike your story of sharing something else just take a couple minutes and share with your neighbor about learning to ride a bike all right I know that's just a short amount of time. Continue the conversation after worship or next week. I personally will never forget my father teaching me how to ride a bike. I think it's one of those stories that for many of us stays kind of permanently lodged with us, right? We would practice in the evenings after my dad got home from work as the sun was going down. I'd feel the heat coming up off the pavement as I anticipated my flesh and bones having an unhappy meeting with its black surface. (laughs) I remember my training wheels and how I loved those training wheels, (laughs) the safety and the surety that they provided. And I remember my dad saying to my mom one day, it's time to take the training wheels off the bike. She's ready. I remember the first time that he steadied the bike for me as I climbed on it without training wheels. Somehow his arm span broadened to kind of wrap around the whole bike and envelop me and steady me so that if I started to teeter, he would grab me and I would be okay. But then he did that most petrifying of things, right? He started to take a few steps forward, and he started to go faster and faster and faster until he did that thing, right? He let go of the bike. My mom stood a ways down the street, but to me, she might as well have been on the moon. I didn't know how I was going to ever make it alive in one piece, without a broken bone, without two skinned knees, without tears in my eyes. I was afraid. I was afraid of falling. I was afraid of failing. And I felt my emotional petrification take over my physical body as my muscles braced themselves and my neck and my back stiffened. Not a good way to ride a bike, for those of you who are experienced with that. Nonetheless, the fear gripped me and consumed me. I felt I I needed my father's grip or I needed the training wheels. And at that point I thought, preferably I'd like to have both. Well, today in our reading, the disciples are afraid as well. They too are petrified because Jesus is leaving them. And soon they are going to be on their own. Our gospel reading for today is actually a continuation of the conversation conversation that Jesus has with his disciples on the evening of his last supper. And in the verses preceding ours for today, there's quite a long discourse that Jesus gives. Keeps saying these ominous things to them in this little speech, like, I will not leave you orphaned. I go to prepare a place for you, and in a little while the world will no longer see me. And then we have our reading for today, the continuation of that conversation. We have Jesus' words, I have said these things to you while I am still with you, suggesting he's leaving soon. And then in the verses after ours for today, not included, but I think powerful nonetheless, he says, I will no longer talk much with you because the ruler of this world is coming. Ominous stuff therein, right? While included in between all of those ominous things that Jesus says, he also says these beautiful and oft-repeated words. I'm sure they jumped out to all of us, and Marina kind of highlighted them in her children's sermon. Jesus says, Peace, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, troubled. Do not let them be afraid. These comforting words are often read at funerals. They're a common funeral scripture. And that's because they certainly do steady our souls to hear these words proclaimed to us from Jesus. But I also have to admit that as soon as I hear someone tell me to not be afraid and to not worry, that's generally what I promptly start to do, right? I think that's just part of the human condition. I mean, you don't tell the folks that are on the ground watching the bungee jumper to not be afraid, right? You tell the guy on the platform about ready to jump off to not be afraid, right? So as soon as you say to someone, don't be afraid or don't worry, you're like, well, what do I need to worry about? What have I forgotten to worry about? What have I forgotten to be afraid of? Fear and worry are just innate to our human condition. So as much as Jesus tries, and I think he's trying over and over again in this final conversation with his disciples to redirect their concerns at his departure, their growing fear seems unavoidable. This is the night that Jesus will be betrayed by a dear friend. This is the night that Jesus will be taken by the authorities from a place of prayer. This is the night that Jesus will be imprisoned as a criminal and stand trial for his beliefs, teachings, practices. And the disciples on this night, well, tonight they'll be watching from the sidelines, perhaps for the last time, Jesus' words inviting them to bravery, echoing in their troubled minds and hearts. But the worst possible thing will happen in the days ahead, and far from bringing peace, it will bring them the greatest anxiety that they have ever known. And when that happens, when Jesus is gone and they're alone, they're going to have to learn how to respond on their own. They'll have to remember Jesus' teachings for themselves and apply them to the coming hardships. They will now be the ones called before the authorities to account for this new religion, Christianity, without Jesus there to give them the words to say. Before they were followers, after tonight, they become leaders. Some of them will be imprisoned for their belief in Jesus' teachings. Some of them will be beaten for their belief in Jesus' teachings, and some of them will even die for their belief in Jesus' teachings. Jesus is leaving them, and as much as he seeks to comfort them, the next part of their journey will inevitably cause them to be afraid and even at times come close to losing hope. But Jesus doesn't leave them completely alone either. He says that there is another one coming in his place, one that will help them to remember what Jesus has already taught them, one that will remind them, one that will give them strength when they grow weary, one that will study them when the world starts to spiral. Jesus says that this one is the advocate. I love that word for the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, right? But the advocate, the advocate on your behalf, the advocate on God's behalf, the advocate on behalf of the good news. And Jesus says that this one will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Well, that sounds pretty good, right? But at the same time, this advocate, I don't know about you, I can't see this advocate. Can you? I can't embrace this advocate. I can't break bread with this advocate. I mean, the disciples were probably thinking, yeah, that's great, Jesus, but we'd still rather have you, right, there in the flesh and blood. And yet this, through this advocate, they will be able to feel the presence of God walking alongside them. That's what Jesus is saying. They will be able to find the words to speak when they are afraid because the Advocate will give them those words in God's name. And they will be able to call upon this Advocate when the days grow dark and the way seems dim. And they needed to be reminded of the love that they represented, of the hope that they had to offer a hurting world, and of the lives that they can transform in Jesus' name. Now I'd love to tell you that I made it to my mother on the very first try. I'd love to tell you that I didn't fall, that I maintained my balance, and that my parents' training and love and support were enough for me to cover the distance and complete the journey without a mishap. But that would be a fairy tale about an infallible heroine and I am not that girl. I hit the pavement. I fell down hard. I felt my skin burn, I saw my scraped-up knee, and I experienced an awful ache in my bones. But I also got back up. I tried again. My mom bandaged up my knee, and my dad held my bike, ready for me to try, try again. To be honest, I don't remember if I made it on my second attempt but I do remember that I made it eventually. I figured it out. And I'll never forget my father's yell spilling forth from his joyful soul about half a block away when I did. And I'll never forget my mom's smile and glowing eyes as she grabbed the handlebars of my bike and docked me safely in her arms, so proud. I did it not without challenge, not without struggle, not without wishing that my parents' arms could have held me the entire way, and not without fear. But that's not how riding a bicycle works, and that's not how the life of a disciple works either. We will have our share of blunders as we seek to follow this most sacred man, Jesus as we seek to be true to the life he invited us to lead and to the new world that he beckoned us to create. Like Peter, we will say at times that we never knew him. Like Mary, we will weep and become paralyzed when the world rejects him and us. Like Paul, we will persecute when we should be inviting, and like Thomas, we will doubt whether any of it's true or worth fighting for. But in each of these moments, in each of these failures and falls, we will hear a still voice proclaiming that while we may be very afraid, God is still there with us. While we may face anxieties about the powers that this world has over us and others, this voice will proclaim that there is a new kingdom that knows nothing of the authority of this broken world. And while we will struggle to find the words to say and the bravery to speak them, this voice will proclaim that the good news goes far and wide and it is free, free for all who will listen. Amen.